Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? Hey, Jeff, how are you? Yeah, man, I am excellent. We've got a great show. I mean, we always have a great show, but we are having our second returning guest yes. tonight. It's a very special night, as I would like to say. Um, and it is. Yes. So I'm very excited to reintroduce, with along with his slew of newest uh, credits and adventures, it's been one year, oh Lord, I got to do math, one year, five months since I've seen him, and basically pre-pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome returning guest. He's an author, a director, graphic novelist, podcaster extraordinaire, Chris Mancini. Chris, welcome. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. Patrick, good to see you as well. It's, um, you know, it's, I think it's been a year and four and a half months. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, the okay. year and five. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> Time has no meaning anymore. Exactly. After, no. As soon as the word pandemic came on the TV screen, it's like it could be, I don't know, 10 years. It, the, it's it's all a blur. It is. It is that that it is indeed, because I realized so today, because you know, social media likes to remind you of, of the past for whatever reason. <laughs> um, today is actually my to make you feel worse, by the way. Exactly. That's part of the algorithm. <laughs> pretty much it is and that's why i try and stay using in moderation but today is actually my my personal two-year anniversary of podcasting oh happy um, anniversary thank you i you have three more years before you get jaded i know right <laughs> <laughs> i i actually uh dropped my first episode of my original podcast the rack focus podcast which is basically just this podcast just with me though so it's a lot more dull <laughs> but um but yeah i realized that, that was the first you know my memory of me came up it popped up saying basically hey remember this when you first started out and actually had everything typed out and now i'm back to writing <laughs> things by hand because mm. old school yeah might yeah. have done it might have gone a bit too far <laughs> but yeah so welcome again so for people that don't know chris is the shall we say former i guess because you know it's r.i.p comedy film nerds but it's still out there you can still download it yes it's still up there mm -hmm. okay co-host of comedy film nerds with other co-host graham elwood he now hosts three podcasts what are you watching with chris mancini conversations from the abyss and the quiet adventures of professor atwood got those correct so far Yes, mm -hmm. Look at me. those are the three. <laughs> He's written two books, Pacify Me, Handbook for the Freaked Out New Dad, and Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movies. Basically a favorite among myself and among Patrick as well. Oh, cool. Uh, he's written two graphic novels, Long Ago and Far Away, and the newest one that we I am anxiously waiting on. Yes, as Rise am I. <laughs> <laughs> as, as are all of us backers. Uh, Rise <laughs> of the Kung Fu Dragon. Dragon Master Volume 1. Yes, and uh, it looks great. Um, I'll be able to get the digitals out to everybody probably next month, but uh, I couldn't be happier with the way it's coming out. So um, I'm hoping all the backers will um, also feel that way, especially because we've been delayed a little bit, but uh, I'm 
I'm pretty sure it's worth the wait. I may not be able to speak for everybody, but at least, at least for myself, I'm I'm completely understanding <laughs> and <laughs> everything is well worth the wait. So yeah, ninety nine percent of Kickstarter backers understand that there may be delays. Yes, slightly because you know <laughs> manufacturing and independent. So yes, <laughs> a thousand different reasons. A thousand, but yes, I agree. It looks phenomenal from all the samples you've sent out and all mm-hmm. the shots you sent. It looks amazing. Um, I can't wait to read it and get my hands on it for sure. Um, so, and also my another credit that I forgot to leave out, director of Earbuds, a podcasting documentary. Producer. Actually, Producer. Graham directed okay. that. So okay. close. that's close. It's uh, still above the line. So <laughs> Exactly. Producer. Mm-hmm. And writer. And writer. See, we'll yeah. Everything but director. So there that's... <laughs> I got, you know, the wrong one on that one. You know what? Of all the ones that are listed, I'll take one. I'll take one. Yeah. One error. <laughs> yeah. I, I am very impressed that you've uh, named as many as you have. So thank you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know, I try to be somewhat prepared. So. <laughs> and if you would like to find Chris on and all of these amazing things that he's done, you can go to White Cat Entertainment and find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure I get that out before we yep. move on, and then <laughs> you can, and then we'll bring it back up at the end. So, Patrick, it's weird. We have no Falcon and Winter Soldier to talk about this week. No, it's odd. <laughs> it was odd. No weird. Yeah, I finished. So, since I have Apple TV, yeah, I know humble brag. Um, <laughs> I finished up watching. Uh, for all mankind it, it was the season two finale mm-hmm. and i still enjoy it i mean it's a fine show about basically the moon going from the moon landing all the way up through to the 80s but like with an alternate basically like a earth two version of it i guess if you will and it's uh the acting is actually pretty decent and uh yeah no i'm enjoying it just as something fun to watch but yeah. I'm most excited because Ted Lasso comes back July 23rd. Mm. So, does For All Mankind have the Green Lantern Corps in it or no? Not yet. Um, <laughs> it is moving towards the 90s, so you never know. Yeah. <laughs> but I did see that uh, Green Lantern Corps, or at least the HBO Max Green Lantern, finally cast uh, Finn Whitrock from American Horror Story. So, as a uh, no, like, uh, Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see him more of a Kyle Rayner, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, we'll see what happens, I guess. You know, um, I'm curious. I'm definitely curious. I mean, it can't be, I mean, surely it can't be any worse than, you know, than the previous one. There's always good to get a James Bond director who's n- never read a comic book to direct a comic book movie. <laughs> Turned out well. So speaking of what's the worst that can happen, I'm going to go ahead and get into Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Mortal that's, Kombat. Absolutely. And that's an amazing segue. Yeah. And um, I think yeah. before we talk about it, we should yeah. probably go around the table and uh, talk about our Mortal Kombat expectations. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> really, Chris isn't really a guest so much as he's just a third co-host. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to commandeer no, the no, show i, I no, apologize I'm, hey we're here for it okay <laughs> i we uh 
not this past uh, Oscar season, which by the way, I will want to get thoughts on that, but we'll wait for, sure. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that was one, one of the other reasons why I wanted to have you on too was, it was to get your thoughts, your takes on that. And I did read your Facebook post regarding it as much. So that's <laughs> even more why I wanted to hear. Um, but I already lost my train. Of oh, uh, we had the year before last, we had one of the former mayors of Nashville as a guest on our, on our podcast to basically do an Oscar episode. And she kind of took the reins and I was just a <laughs> guest on my own show, but it was amazing having her and she was great at it. So I'm like, you know, you could fill in if you need to. <laughs> no, she was awesome. Um, but yes, Patrick, expectations? Uh, I didn't really have a lot. Um, you know, I remember the first uh, 95 version. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just want it to be better than that. Yeah. And of course, I, I was like, it's going to be way better than Annihilation, so I'm not worried there. But, you know, the original had its issues, of course, but it's, I guess, more of the time that it released. But, um, you know, I just want it to be good. And since they were pushing this R rating, so I'm like, hopefully it has some decent fatalities. Right. And, um, you know, as far as my experience with the game, I'd played the first two in the arcade and then the first one on Super Nintendo, which, of course, didn't have blood at all. And then the next game I played was uh, MK9. And that's like, I've only played those three games. And... But I've watched plenty of YouTube videos. So, you know, just from the trailer, I was like, okay, it should be decent, you know. And so, you know, I went in with my normal, kind of keep my, my expectations under control, yeah. you know. Yeah. So pretty, pretty tame. Gotcha. Yeah. I, too, saw the – I've seen two out of three of these in theater now. Um, I saw the original 95, and I even showed it to York, you know, my son. Um few years back because Mortal Kombat's not that bad um so and he he enjoyed it and I still like it even though I mean it's obviously a little more dated but it's still to me still fun to watch yes especially for a video game movie and so then I had seen and I I did I had zero interest to see Annihilation when it came out in theaters in 97 but um, my friends are like, hey, we're going to go. You want to go? We're all Arabelle going. You want to go? All right, fine. I'll go. And then immediately afterwards, I then aired my grievances of why I don't want ever them to drag me to a movie if I don't have any interest in seeing it. <laughs> Which I, I want to go ahead and admit after watching this, I was like, oh, Annihilation's on. I vaguely remember this and vaguely remember not liking it. No, I remember not liking it, but I'm going to watch it anyways. I made it 16 minutes. And I'm like, nope, we're going to end 16 minutes. Even the worst kind of movies, I still sit through and I'm like, yeah, it's still not good. I'm like, yeah. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> so yeah. with this one, I didn't have any. I'm like, as long as it's better than the last one, I'm cool with it. And as long as it's even remotely entertaining, I'm cool with it. I'm not expecting it to be some sort of masterpiece. It's a video game movie. I'm expecting it to be decent because again, I'm watching it on HBO max. So I'm not going to expect them much as much as I would if I were going to go see it in theaters, if that makes sense. Cause if I'm watching it at the house. I can turn yeah. it off. I don't like it, but if I'm <laughs> yeah. at the theater, I'm, you know, I'm going to be like mad if I don't like it. And you're not paying any extra for it. No, exactly. exactly. No premium. So, mm-hmm. 
my son, however, his him and his mom went and saw it in theater. It's the first movie they've seen in theater since pre-COVID. Mm. So I thought about going to see it. I just never had any time. So as ours are slowly opening back. Yeah. So um, so yeah, my expectations were very, very low. So how about you, Chris? Um, as they should be. Um, for a movie of this specific genre um, based on a video game, I think it, I don't, I'm a little bit older than you gentlemen. So I remember seeing the first Mortal Kombat um, in the um, theater. And was it 95? You said, yeah I, yeah, I remember that. And I remember specifically how going to see that movie thinking, you know what? It's not bad. It was a fun time at the movies based on a video game. And the reviews when it came out were all, backhanded compliments and it always started with oh this is the best video game movie to date but that's not saying much and right. <laughs> so, so it was a weird thing where you know the um uh the, everyone knew that video game movies generally were going to suck horribly and the fact that Mortal Kombat came out and was mediocre was like a huge surprise to everyone right. and uh, people enjoyed it a little more and it made a decent amount of money um, now, when Mortal Kombat Annihilation came out, that kind of completely destroyed any modicum of goodwill that the first one had uh, generated. Right. And the other thing that was weird about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I remember watching it going, you know, normally when you have a sequel, you don't, especially for a successful film, you don't cut the budget by 80%. No, normally that doesn't happen. But I remember Mortal Kombat Annihilation literally looked like um, an independent film. It didn't didn't look like that. It looked, I mean, especially watching it now when I made it through 16 minutes, the 16 minutes Mm -hmm. I rewatched look like a high school student film, not even a college student film, (laughs) not even like a film school student film. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a straight up look like someone took their, took their high eight camcorder and tried to record it and got some got some dads from you know down the road to you know cast as the characters and i'm like this is so like i know i understand it's data and i, I can i i remember what technology what special effects look like in 1997 right i mean if you think about jurassic park came out in what 92 93 far leaps and bounds ahead of something I mean, that special effects was better in 92, 93 than Annihilation was five, six years later. Yeah, like, to be to be fair, though, Stan Winston probably said no to the Mortal Kombat franchise. That's I think a lot of people said no <laughs> yes. to the Mortal Kombat uh, yeah. franchise, and that's what we uh, um, why we got what we got. We got Dexter's dad as Lord Raiden in that yeah. film. <laughs> yes. How we can... So, I, you know, I went into this new Mortal Kombat um, HBO Max movie with severely low expectations, but it's also one of those movies that really benefited from being able to watch it at home and from the, you know, the pandemic because everyone's expectations were lowered because of not only the type of film it was, how they get to watch it, and also the abomination of the last film. So I think it had a lot of things going for it. So... I'm curious to see how you guys felt about the film. Patrick, Patrick, would you like to give a summary? <laughs> well, <clears throat> so no. per I per IMDb, this is what it's about. Uh, MMA fighter Cole Young. First thing I'm like, who is this? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, sets out, <clears throat> oh, seeks out Earth's greatest champions. Another thing, no, he's not. <laughs> 
he's not. Um, but he's doing this in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld uh, in a high-stake battle for the universe. Well, I, whoever wrote that didn't see the film. Yeah. They <laughs> probably wrote it before the film came out. Yeah, that yeah, was probably a PR, you know, from a rough of the script. That's yeah, I was like, yeah. Filming the movie. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, like, when I first watched it, first of all, that night I w- came home and I watched the latest Invincible. Mm-hmm. Then I watched the finale for for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And here it is already three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, man, because <laughs> I, I checked HBO Max to see if it if it was, you know, if it released, but it's still showing the trailer. So I went back. It's like, oh, it's on now. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll watch a few minutes of it just to, you know, you know, get something going. But I ended up watching the whole thing just because of the opening 10 minutes. I'm like, OK, I'm going to go, go I'm going for it. And I just had a mixed bag of feelings about it because it started off so great, you know, with the way it was shot, the fight sequence, which they released that early. Mm-hmm. And um, which, you know, I guess that was done to get people interest. And then after that, it was just, you know, way different than, you know, what I was expecting. But then you had on the back end, the kind of like the return to the beginning, the final battle sequence. I'm like, all right, that's good. But like somewhere in the middle, things just kind of got lost. You know? Well, the first place it got lost was the title. Um, Mortal Kombat, really, the the title should have been The Road to Mortal Kombat, because they never actually got to the Mortal Kombat. It was a very odd structure about a video game based on a fighting tournament that you never get to the tournament. True. Yeah, they should have been like, yeah, that that title or Mortal Kombat, The Road Ahead, or, you know, because it was more like a prequel. It was like a prequel because, you know, Shang Tsung and crew are trying to they're basically, as they had it in the movie, are one victory away from taking over the world. And, you know, instead of waiting for the tournament, they want to take out champions so they can win by default. <laughs> you know, they want to cheat their way, which, you know, they're bad guys. Of course, they're going to do that. Sure. Even though, like, um, um, probability is in your favor. If it's nine out of ten and you've already murdered most of the yeah. champions on Earth, you know, if there's a couple left, would you really be that worried? <laughs> nah, should be, you know. So let's go on, do it. But, yeah. um you can summon, you know, weird bird women assassins with wings at <laughs> random times in a uh, in a film that have no purpose other than to add another extraneous character. And there was some VFX uh, budget left. I don't know, right. but uh, it was a very odd uh, structure on how they introduced characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like you know, we got this extra money lying around. What you want to do with it? Yeah. Here we go. We'll just shoot this out. Well, we could rewrite the script. Come on. Yeah. Let's, come on. Like, nah. Seriously. Nah. Seriously. Grow up already. Okay. You just start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Your first day in this town? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we're introduced to Cole Young, who is one of the champions. And so, you know, we see him in his fight, and he's like, you know, he's winning. And then, snap of the finger, he ends up losing. And it's like, Okay, supposedly he was a champion of sorts before, but now he's basically a jobber, a la like WWE. And I'm just like, okay, who is this? Who is this supposed to be? Because you know, before watching it, like I've never heard of a character, even though I haven't played every game. I don't remember there being a Cole Young. And I don't think he's in the game. I, no. I think he was created just for yeah. the film. It was I created. Was 
<laughs> um, created, I guess, supposedly supposed to be like, you know, if you're playing a game, you're usually that that newly created character where you have your lower level. So only thing you got is a t-shirt and jeans, and then you level up as you go. But I just didn't relate to him at all. You know, then he had his um, family. First, well, to, be, thought, to be now to be fair, Patrick, out of all the characters in the movie, did you relate to any of them <laughs> the way they were I mean, created and uh, portrayed? Well, I mean, for the purpose of him being there, no, you know, the reason you know, <laughs> why he's supposed to be there, like, no, it right. didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But then you have his family. And I thought the little girl was a sister. <laughs> but it's his daughter. I'm like, I'm looking at him like. There's no way. Y'all yeah, look- when you were like mm-hmm. 14 or something? <laughs> right. right. Like, some, did somebody's adopted or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just, yeah, I just didn't feel the connection with, within their, their family structure. Cause, you know, his wife, I thought she was just like a coach or something. You know, like, <laughs> then you find out later at the oh, little, <laughs> you know, dinner scenes, like, oh no, that's his wife and kid. I'm like, all right. I don't. I don't feel like I'm part of this journey. <laughs> you know, like I'm supposed to be. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the audience felt the same way. I mean, I I can see that kind of like sometimes in a film you could see kind of the uh, intention. Like maybe that's what they yeah. thought. Like, well, it's a video game, so you know the audience will put themselves into this quote new character that's not in the films, and we'll see the game and the movie through their eyes, and that's how we'll go along with the journey with the audience and. Uh, um, nothing could have been further from what happened in, yes. in the actual film. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Raiden, the defender of Earth, who is horrible at his job. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, <laughs> when we when we get to the film, already most of the Earth champions have been, <laughs> you know, murdered. So, yes. I'm like, what do you do? Well, oh, now you show up, you're able to save like two or three, and uh, then that's it. And then you have a a weird electro mesh field that. Um, a drunk Australian guy can get rid of with like a lever or something. I, with his eyeball. Yeah, with his eyeball. Yeah. So it, it, it was baffling. It's like his, his eyes are already always on. I'm like, yeah. Like, come on, you know, it's just showing off now. Yeah, I mean, even Cyclops, he puts the visor down, you yeah, know, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. put some shades on, you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one thing the movie got right, at least, they at least cast an Asian American to play Raiden, which in the first one was played by Frenchy French, uh, Christopher Lambert. Lambert. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then again, like I mentioned previously, Annihilation starred Dexter's dad, James Remar. Mm-hmm. So at least they got, you know, get the film just a, a hair credit. At least they got <laughs> cast. Yeah. At least they got a yeah. cast. They did a little better. You know, appropriated, you know. Well, you, you could tell the film, um, it focused on one thing, and that was um, violence. And that was pretty much it. Everything was secondary to the violence. And you can kind of understand that if you're being based on a uh, um, a game like Mortal Kombat, because ultimately that was the um, uh, the the mission of the game was to kind of push the envelope. I mean, it sounds ridiculous now, but when Mortal Kombat came out as a video yeah. game, it was considered quote graphic violence, yep. <laughs> all right. those pixelated, um, you know, red splotches and stuff. Um, so, you know, in, in the spirit that the game was actually um, rolled out, you could kind of see how the film would would focus on that. But 
you can still do that and add story at the same time. Like you don't, it doesn't, it's not like an either or like, well, we have violence now. We can't have a story or characters. No, no, you, you can have both. You can have both. Look at John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is again, become the apparently the basis for which my, (laughs) my ex-wife takes my son to movies. He's seen John Wick. So I'm like, how old is he? He's 10. Oh, he's a little younger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, he it's not affected him yet. <laughs> um, but he liked it. He he really liked it, though. He uh, he enjoyed the fight scenes. He he thought it was pretty yeah. cool. He liked uh, he he was he liked Scorpion from the first one. You know, mm-hmm. things shooting out of his arm and girl right. and all mm-hmm. that. So, and he thought Sub Zero was cool too. Basically, a more badass version of snake eyes i guess um <laughs> whatever yeah. snake eyes could probably beat sub-zero i think um so he really he he said he really liked it he thought it was really the fight scenes real cool um for myself i thought it was it was fine i mean it was an up it was definitely better than annihilation but yeah the, you know they didn't set the bar too high for that <laughs> for that to be it, the case it really yeah. was that the kind of movie that like mortal Kombat, based on a video game it really no one should be surprised by what they got on that oh, from no. that film like like if you're watching mortal Kombat and going wow this is nothing like i thought it would be then yeah, i don't know what your romance. expectations were yeah, yeah. watching where's a movie like this <laughs> yeah i couldn't sign your boy to find a guy yeah yeah <laughs> just undateable like what's it the problem? Re- I got to say it like you, you guys made some good points about like the, the nineties movie. It really felt like they were trying to kind of recapture like a nineties vice ultra violent film. Like yeah. the way everything was kind of disregarded other than the actual violence of the action. Right. It seemed like it was trying to be like a, like the, an old seventies action movie where it was just violent because that's what seventies action movies kind of were. They're just ultra violent mm-hmm. And nobody said anything because that was just how movies were made then. It looked like they were trying to capture that kind of feel and aesthetic, but it failed because it's not the '70s and things of society's views on what you know what constitutes as actually graphic violence has changed and everything. And so it looks like they were trying to capture some magic in kind of they got the violent part right, but they you know mm-hmm. the. The one thing, at least with seventies action movies, like I mean, you could even go as far as like say like movies like Death Wish, that are violent and got horrible rape scenes and stuff, but still tell a good story. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, movies of that kind the of the Dirty movie. Harry cop stories yeah. from them. They mm-hmm. they have all those things, but they still tell a cohesive story. Like like you said, Chris, you can do both. Yeah, it's okay to can. walk and chew gum. <laughs> you know as long as you don't step on the gum right. but it it seems like they got this and they're like you know what we're a little you know we think this is going to be awesome so we're already got the sequel lined up and you know what <laughs> happened the last time they decided they had a sequel lined up yeah well i wonder if the sequel will actually have the mortal Kombat tournament in it It'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be weird if they avoided it for two movies in a row because <laughs> it's supposed no. to be like four movies that's what oh they, that's, that's, that's 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 their plan. Their roadmap mm. is to end this with four movies. Mm. Now, even even with my nitpicking, like when I first watched it, I enjoyed it. But then when I went back and started thinking about it, I'm like, ooh, there's a lot <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah. great. But I like I love the fan service. So like 
people that mm-hmm. play the games, everything is fan service. They're gonna love it. Yeah, you know? for sure. But um, it's just they're gonna be thrown off by Cole because he's not mm-hmm. related to this yeah. game wise. Because people really want to see, yeah, they really want to see a new ca- a new character instead of Johnny Cage. That's who they really right. want to see. And there's so many Mortal Kombat <laughs> characters they could have brought yeah. in, and and then. You know, I've watched some other people's reviews and I, I've agreed with them. Kano is like the favorite character because he's more like us that's just saying all kind of ridiculous things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so this is what you're trying to do with Cole, but somehow it translated to Kano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're insane, you know, homicidal um, Australian, you know, mercenary. He's your most relatable character. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, I kind of feel. I almost feel like the, the kind of like a I'm I'm fearing a poltergeist type of situation here with Kano though, and by that I mean the first guy that played Kano passed away I think in 2003. They tried to get the person that played that voiced Kano in the animated series to reprise his role as Kano in the film, but he passed away as well. So. Oops. Just saying, you know, the Kano curse, yeah, mm. Kano curse, just like a poltergeist curse. Mm. Wow, so. mm. yeah, hope not. <laughs> Let's keep yeah. <laughs> I hope he's been vaccinated. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's definitely there's plenty of room for a sequel, that's for sure, because nothing happened in this yeah. first movie, <laughs> we no. didn't even get there. <laughs> well, and I've seen people, you know, talk about, you know, uh, how this they kind of missed the oh, what's his i can't even think of his name now the guy that played shang sun in the 95 movie that's Corey. he's got a hyphenated last name i can't remember his name but he's been in a bunch of movies and i really actually like him how they liked his shang sung better than the guy that's in this one that's just walking around in a gown or whatever right never actually fighting he's like I don't care what you do. I just want their souls. I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> we'll put a little pizzazz into it, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. I guess, how about some, you know, better motivation for the villain? Come on. Yeah. Let's let's see. Why, why do you want their souls? You seem to have everything else. I mean, right, what right. what do you need their that's souls for? Yeah. Gotta have everything else. Why not? Yeah. That's, all right. See, I would I would buy that if that that was that presented that way. Look, I have everything, and I I could use a few more souls. Let's uh, you know, let's step it up. Yeah, but you're murdering all the champions. Yeah, I know, but I still kind of need a few more souls. It's, yeah, it's, got, there's a space built. next to my Hummels. Yeah. Exactly. I've got an asylum built for him. It's a soul asylum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for 90s people. Yeah. <laughs> 90s. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, so I didn't try and dig too much into this trivia, but I did look mm-hmm. up a little. It did say that uh, this is also the director's first feature film. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know how. I still don't know how that happens. I really don't. These are still giant feature films, and I, I still don't understand how these become, um, you know, somebody's first feature film. Because it's Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers likes to shoot themselves in the foot when they they're the real villains. I mean, let's look at DC properties, okay? I'm just saying. Yeah, they're, they're not known villain. for making great decisions. But if only there were a few independent filmmakers who if cut only. their teeth on features and uh, did well. 
and really worked hard. And, you know, when presented with an opportunity, maybe they could hit it a little further, um, maybe even out of the park, you know, yeah. because of they've already cut their teeth on uh, independent films and it's not their first. Right. You know, a good way to make it worse, though, make it a found footage film. <laughs> yeah that's how you can make this movie probably worse you know that was pitched actually you know what honestly though if they do it the right way it might actually be kind of cool because there's a lot of things you could probably do at least with different camera things with it yeah you find could... somebody it's like on the way to the uh the tournament like and they're they're taking footage I'm like what's going on this is out world i don't know where i you know what what's going on got shaky cam and everything mm -hmm. <laughs> or they could have done it like some of the video games like I, were, I was playing mk9 and what they do is they have like the story is you follow a certain character and they fight a little bit then that part of the story ends and you start with another character so i guess maybe just do a series but do it right <laughs> i could see yeah. this being making a better series than a film easily yeah. Like yeah. make it an HBO Max series instead of an HBO Max film, or just do the tournament. Because <laughs> seriously, yeah, this movie you could, could just have been two episodes. This movie could have been two episodes of a series. Yeah, but I don't want a Mortal Kombat series. <laughs> I, I think there. I think we, we can wrap it up in a film. I think we, we can cared about the characters then. Or yeah. make it like an ensemble movie where you have these different stories happening, and they all converge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You could have an Outworld Magnolia. <laughs> oh my god i would now see that would i would actually legit pay money for that surely this can happen surely this can be the... <laughs> oh my god but tom cruise has to play the same character just yeah. in mortal kombat film <laughs> trying to, he's he's the guy that's in charge of training but as the motivational speaker <laughs> oh that'd be great yeah oh my god especially now at like whatever 50 whatever that is now yeah yeah a lot of running uh, yeah that's true <laughs> that'd be awesome because that's what he does in all of his movies he's just always running so yep. that'd be perfect for that <laughs> yep. i never run from a fight <laughs> insert profile picture <laughs> and apparently they uh so the director had uh he had asked the guy that's playing sub-zero to slow down during the fight scenes because apparently he was moving too fast for the camera so yeah the the really good true martial artists they um uh that does happen i was talking to you know rick myers who's a, a buddy of mine who mm -hmm. is like a, a martial arts consultant for film and tv and he was saying like um some of the really greats like you know jackie chan and i think even bruce lee they had to slow the camera down because yeah. everything was happening too fast which is funny because i think is no the guy that played kung lao actually went to the jackie chan school or whatever he's from that mm -hmm. he's from that school and so he actually had to he actually assisted the stunt coordinator oh that's cool um, yeah with the choreography to, and then mm -hmm. he actually had to change his fighting style for his character mm -hmm. that it, what he's normally used to he had to change it up for his character so that was interesting provided a challenge for him and that this was actually originally an nc-17 film due to the gore and violence in the movie oh my but god what a waste that would have been they had to edit it to make it in rated r they had to take out several brutal fight scenes mm. so there was which means there was more characters yeah yeah well they more, they kept more, the one getting cut you know sawed in half that was still in there exactly or they 
you know, because there was a lot of quick edits for the fight scenes, mm-hmm. and that was, I was like, come on, just do some long takes, you know, then maybe come in for some, sh- you know, some close shots, but then just editing, just cut, 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 cut. I'm like, like I'm not really big on that, but I'm like, when I can, when I can pick that up, that's that's that's. Bad. It's the hide flaws. <laughs> it's the hide yeah. flaws in the uh, in the action and the, and the um the fight sequences. That's a lot of times what it's used for, which is a shame because. You know, when you get used to seeing something really good and wider shots where you see all the action, you're like, oh, yeah, I want more of that. Well, you can't always have it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, for what it is, I mean, I, would I rewatch it? I'd probably, if nothing else better to do, if I'm like, it's it for initial watch, I want to watch it on a bigger screen. I would enjoy, you know, just let it just kind of wash over me because I know what I'm getting myself. Anybody that's watching this movie knows what they're getting themselves into. I completely agree. Yes. (laughs) If you're expecting more from it, we can't help you. Yeah. Like nothing we're going to say is going to help you. But if you go into it, knowing that it is what it is and just enjoy the movie that is in front of you, the fact that you have a new Mortal Kombat movie during this time period just enjoy it for what it is. You'll enjoy it. It'll, you'll find satisfaction in it that much more than you would if you actually had expectations for this film. Absolutely. Whatever <clears throat> expectations you have, they were not. They will not meet. Keep them low. Keep them low. Keep them low. As I normally say, stay cautiously optimistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say that about any movie, honestly. (laughs) And then the characters, for the most part, they're pretty accurate, even though they're not totally fleshed out, all of them. Um, Like, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, obviously, are the better of the the characters we have. Um, uh, Kung Lao had his, you know, did one teleportation scene for his intro, and I was like, man, he should have done more. (laughs) Should (laughs) have done more of that. Like now, 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 Pat, Patrick, you've played the game. Um, was that weird lizard creature assassin? Is he in the game? I want to say that was reptile, but I don't I remember looking that like reptile that. Too. That's but he doesn't look like that. <laughs> he more looks like a copy of Sub Zero in just green, and he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. They That's just who I an thought actual it was lizard. Too, when I was watching, I was like, "Is this reptile?" Unless the, of course, I've played the original, and I think maybe the one right after it, but I have not played one since then. I have seen other people play it and go, who are these other characters? Because I yeah. also they're adding more. And I had looked at buying Mortal Kombat versus DC because I thought that would be fun. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Shaking is going, no. <laughs> I haven't played it, but I watched video on it. I'm like, man, <laughs> no. no. But I didn't get it because I was afraid York would want to play it and think it was too violent for him. This is oh, the, this is pretty violent. Yeah, don't worry about the violence for that game. Because you know so, DC versus Mortal Kombat, they're probably toned it down. Yeah, they're they're, they're not going to have somebody decapitate Superman. Right? Like, how? <laughs> it's the Man of Steel. How? Right. <laughs> exactly. Now it turns out Superman rips his face off, and there's a skull, and then he just shoots lasers <laughs> out of it. It comes out of his mouth now, and yeah, his uh, his his minty breath spray <laughs> comes out of his eyes instead. But yeah, they they definitely toned that down from from the videos I've seen of it. But, you know, some, some people say they like the story, how they handle the story, but it's just, you know, it's very toned down Mortal Kombat. It's no injustice. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. 
goodness. Do you remember in one of the Mortal Kombat games, this is a, a weird tangent. I remember like, you know how all the fatalities were super brutal and they were really bloody, but one game had a fatality that was friendship where you could actually um, befriend <laughs> yeah. the uh, yes. your enemy. Yes, I, remember I do that. actually remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> that was either two or three, I think. Yeah, I don't remember, but I thought that was a really fun twist. I'm like, no, yeah. we could be friends now. <laughs> they had babalities where you turn into a baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, kind of, I guess it went wild with it. <laughs> oh, they were, they were definitely high when they came up with those. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, nobody will go for it. They'll freaking hate it. And then now people actually enjoy it. Friendship. Yeah. Friendship. I would choose that one. I'd be like, yeah. like why do you keep choosing friendship, man? You should get fatality. Yeah. Why are you so lame? I'm like, because this is yeah. funny. That's yeah. <laughs> not everything's got to be doom and gloom. You can have yep. rip out someone's spine or give them a cupcake. Yep. So give them a hug. Hug yeah. their spine instead. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm tight. Maybe it'll pop it, pop it in place or out of there. You know. <laughs> Uh, are we going to Mortal Kombat? For sure. I think so. All right. So Mortal Kombat, you know what you're getting yourselves into. Obviously, this is not for kids. I don't care what. I don't care that my son has seen it. That's not a good <laughs> example, okay? <laughs> definitely not a good example. Um, definitely rated R for obvious reasons. Use your best judgment. If you feel like your kids want to see it or they tell you they want to see it, watch it first. Know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Know what you're getting them into, let me phrase that. But also know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> I still don't think they pushed the R rating there. They could they probably could have. Yeah. I they, yeah. well I think I know they told it. They, yeah, they, <laughs> they I mean did. I know, I know. Like, but still, no, even what they came up with was pretty yeah. Just that one split in half. I'm like, that's probably like as far as I can go with it. Yeah. MPA yeah. the Toby from the office of <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, you can't do that, Michael. <laughs> Chris, what else have you uh, seen lately that you would like to talk about? I just saw, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I just saw um, um, Promising Young Woman, oh, okay. which I which I enjoyed. And, you know, I've caught, uh, I haven't seen all of the Oscar nominated films, but I've, I've seen that one and obviously uh, Nomadland, but I thought Promising Young Woman was a really interesting film. I, I liked it and I liked kind of what it did, how it subverted your expectations a little bit. Like it, uh, there was a real intelligence to the film as far as like knowing what the viewer is expecting and what the, the um, viewer viewer's expectations are like, cause it continually subverted those as the movie progressed where, well, I think the movie's going to go this way. I think this about the character, I think, these are the stakes. And, and at every point, the movie kind of turned it and twisted it a little bit and, and had a dark sense of humor. And uh, without giving any spoilers, it definitely did not end the way I was expecting, which I appreciated. Um, exactly. So, and that was the kind of film that I thought, you know what? Yeah, this, uh, this is definitely um, something that deserves to be uh, nominated because it does things very differently uh, with its subject matter. So, um, I was a little angry at the trailer editors uh, because <laughs> clearly they didn't know what to do with this film. So they made it look like single white female in the yep. trailers. <laughs> so like it, this completely weird, um, you know, slasher thriller thing about, you know, an unhinged uh, woman who just goes after people. And it's not really that. It's not <laughs> it's, really that. Uh, yeah. And I, I think 
you know, things like that. And, you know, they, these movies get caught in these quote trailer traps and you know, that don't really represent the film. But at the same time, the trailer editor's job is to trick you into seeing it. So <laughs> they use all these different means and methods to do it. But the film itself, I thought was um, really interesting and really smart and um, showed things in a different perspective for the subject matter, which I really uh, liked. So I definitely recommend it. Yep. Same. Um, talk, I talked about on a previous episode because as we've discussed on the podcast, I'm kind of, when it comes to Oscar season, season, I am fully aware how the, the inner workings of the Oscars, you know, and, and how a lot of it's kind of run and how they choose it they don't really i mean there's a lot of money behind how who gets wins and all that yeah not this year (laughs) um what you said so but i always try and be as much of a completist as i can whenever i watch them the only two i did not see was minari and the father because they were both 20 dollars, and i was like i don't want to see them that much but i do want to see them if they were like six dollars or seven, okay, but not twenty. They will be now. Yeah, exactly. I'm still waiting, and then <laughs> when they do, I will watch them, and then I'll finally have watched all of them. Um, but I watched as many of the foreign language ones as I could find, documentaries, the short films if I can find them to rent or on YouTube. I did that, and then I posted them so everybody else can watch them. Mm-hmm. And yet, I still only got eleven right on my Oscar. <laughs> Somebody who has not seen who's only seen a couple of them that was in our uh, our podcast oscar pool got 19 out of 23 <laughs> and i was never been so mad but so proud at the same time so um but no i had seen that one when it had gotten released and watched it and i too enjoyed it i love i thought carrie mulligan was really good and actually really liked bo berman too um yeah i liked his character and you know what he was able to do with it what you know what was given mm-hmm. and i'm kind of liking him as a dramatic actor but also i actually liked the uh, eighth grade too the one he directed yes that so was a good I, film that was a great coming of age film and i would like to see more from him to see what what else he can do um but yeah i i agree it was really well done i thought the writing was sharp like you said every time you thought something was gonna go a certain way it's like ah, we're gonna go this way um i still was left with like i liked it but i was trying to figure out why i liked it along the way like i like it usually it's like i like it because i love this part this part and this part but it was one of those i like it for the way it was done and how it was different and maybe not so much just the actual story itself so but i like more of what they did and how they did it yeah and and that's that speaks to the skills of the um the filmmaker for Mm -hmm. sure because it also it shows a real awareness Mm -hmm. of narrative and what people can expect from films and you know and you have to have that understanding first before you can subvert it and a lot of people skip that step (laughs) (laughs) to understand you know what's come before you uh, narratively character wise and um, to take all that and create something new is the the mark of a, a really uh, good filmmaker. Yeah. So while we're kind of still on the sub, since we're talking about an Oscar nominated film, we'll go ahead and ask you your thoughts on the actual Oscars itself this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Um, you know, I don't think it's any, um, yeah. Opening up your book agreements. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think there's any surprise that most people found them to be um, horrific, uh, <laughs> you know, from start to finish, you know, tone deaf, irrelevant, and, um, you know, and that's where it started. And then it just spiraled out um, into a basement from there. I mean, when you look at like the year that we've had, movie theaters closing, you know, um, how much film means to us, the celebration of film throughout the years and the medium itself and what it brings to us, there were about a thousand opportunities that you could have celebrated film and celebrated the return of film and how film brings us all together. And there was a misstep on every single one of those points. Like, I feel like do the producers not like movies do, or do they not understand them? I mean, what um, it, it's really everything from forcing attendees to be there, like regardless of how they felt about COVID, which was right. completely weird. ridiculous. I mean, weird. you know, and yeah, and weird. I'm like, that's what you're going to, you know, I get it if you have to work in a hospital, yeah. but this is the Academy Awards right. in a year that couldn't be more irrelevant for them. Uh, exactly. So um, it was very baffling, but then you have it in a train station. So you have an inappropriate venue. Now, right. as someone who's uh, been in comedy for many, many years and have per has performed in inappropriate venues, the first thing you do when you have something like that is you hire a comedian to host your event yes. because it gets everyone at ease into the um, the absurdity of it all. And it can actually uh, be the basis of the show moving forward. It sets the entire tone. Yeah. So this tone was not set at all, other than being in a train station and being a Like it started out, the tone was like, yeah, we're still going to be self-congratulatory. We know you don't care, but we're still going to do this, even though we know this is going to be the lowest rated show uh, of Oscars for years and years and years. And I told my wife that I said, this is going to be the, before it even aired, yeah. this is going to be the lowest rated uh, show um, ever. And it's like, Oh, how do you know that? I said, because, um, I've seen what's happening out in the world. Yes. So I know that no one's going to care. Right. Um, no, and no, they're going to make it, they're going to put it together in a way that people are going to even care, care even less. And they did. So I didn't even watch the whole thing. I was so bored. And, you know, I used to, when I was uh, doing comedy film nerds, I would live tweet the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this one, I sent out a couple of tweets as I was watching, I'm like, you know what? I'm even bored making fun of it at this point. <laughs> so, because it's like, you know, it, it's like no fun because it, yeah. it's clearly they're not even trying. No one yeah. even tried to put on a good event. So I, I'd be very surprised um, if, <laughs> you know, I, there probably will be another Oscars next year, but I'd be very surprised if it looked anything like this one. Right. I agree. Well, and, I only did like, I think I only did like two posts. I watched the entire thing. No, I'm sorry. Know. Well, you know, completist. I got to watch. I got to find out who won. So I got to find out who, <laughs> I had to find out who won the night. And then I had to find out who won the pool. So, mm -hmm. um, but I, I also watched it and it turned out <laughs> the, it's sad when the best part of the Oscars is when Little Royal Howry is going around quizzing people and the fact that Glenn Close knows the song The Butt and, <laughs> and then knows trivia about the band about the yeah artist. that was like does, and then get it gets up and does the butt i'm like this yeah. is the best part of the night and that's sad 
And look at the intention of that bit at the beginning. Yes. It was it was mainly to embarrass people for not knowing what it was. And the fact that exactly. she knew knew everything about yep. that uh, um, was was like that was like a general surprise. And like yep. it's other another way that the entire evening was completely Wait. inept and uh, um, poorly, <laughs> poorly thought out because. Yep. I, I oh sorry let me I just no, no. wanted to finish um you know because how great if that was a scripted bit that mm -hmm. they could have done with Glenn Close about let's say just um, hip hop music in general <laughs> like or or different bands and trivia and it could have been hilarious mm -hmm. like uh, um, and you know it just again oh is that our hundredth um, missed opportunity or are we only at ninety eight so. Well, and I think the one thing, though, that the this Oscars actually had going for it to try and keep it somewhat lively, somewhat entertaining was the music by Questlove. Yes. That was the one shining thing I think I took from it was, you know what? We don't need this big giant orchestra, you know, at, at an event like this. You can legit just have someone like Questlove or a DJ to do the music for the Oscars. And Questlove had a ton of presence and, um, you know, um, charisma to actually yeah. keep the show moving. And, yeah. you know, I doubt they even gave him credit for that at the beginning. Oh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> they were they were probably thinking, oh, Questlove will be good, but uh, let's not count on him. And right. uh, and he literally he was carrying he the show. It. Yeah, he saved it. <laughs> yeah, he straight up saved it because mm -hmm. I know uh, Patrick didn't watch it, but. I sent him clips. I go, bro, you got to watch this. <laughs> so, but, well, I'm sure you want to see it even more after we've described exactly. it. I, uh, yeah, I might watch how really hyping it up for you. <laughs> really hyping it up for you, my friend. But I told you know, I made a post that you know these the acceptance speeches. I'm like these people are. It sounds like when they get up and accept their awards, it got like really personal and awkward, and I'm like. These people must have, these people legit have not left the house since quarantine. Because <laughs> yeah. it's obvious they have not talked to a person mm -hmm. in a year. And they get up there and they start talking about something. And then it gets into talking about their kids and all the stuff they've had to go through in the past year. That's because um, all they've seen for like a year is the right, people in your I'm own like, household. <laughs> and I'm like, this is getting so awkward. And they don't really know what to say. Because they didn't really write a speech because they didn't know if they were going to win. Mm -hmm. Well, hell, Anthony Hopkins didn't know he was going to win. What? <laughs> he was asleep no. in Wales. <laughs> Good for him. That's how, Good for that's him. how they ended the show. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we accept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he's not up. <laughs> mm. Let me wake up Sir Anthony. Ah, forget it. I'll get it in the morning. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? 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 What show is this again? Yeah. Yeah. I already did the Baftas. Yeah. 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 Anything else I'm sleeping through? Exactly. Won that one too. Threw me off. Um. Yeah. I. There were several surprises. I was surprised at the creepy. The weird My Octopus Teacher won Best Documentary. That threw me <laughs> well, off. That threw me off. I, I, I've gone uh, gone off many a place yeah. from my podcast to uh, my socials about that movie. <laughs> it is weird. And so have the Squar Brothers. They've even talked about it on the Dumb People Town. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, this creepy guy. with. 
an octopus obsession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's not a website for it yet. There probably is now. There is now. Yeah. A lot of it's this documentary. Yeah. (laughs) No, I thought, so in my opinion, I thought, I was like, okay, Collective won't win Best Foreign Language Film, but it may win Best Documentary since it's nominated in two categories. I was like, maybe they'll win on the other one. I said, because this one's probably not going to win, but there's a good chance Collective might win for documentary. And then not then win for either. I'm like, like I, I enjoyed another round. I just didn't think it was, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't think it was like award-winning kind of good. I mean, considering we had Parasite last, last year, and then we had Roma the year before, both were amazing films. Yep. And could be both could be taught in film school, and then you've got another round about dudes drinking to see how far they could go before they black out and to see if they can teach better intoxicated. It's been the pandemic. Every teacher's been drinking and to, <laughs> to see how far they could go without blacking out and see wow. if they could teach better, mm-hmm. especially virtually. Not speaking for Can you imagine if you made a documentary last year and you weren't nominated looking at that list going, what the fuck yes (laughs) um social dilemma i think kind of i think they kind of missed out on social dilemma yeah Um, that was a powerful documentary and an important one too yes i just the only thing i didn't like about it was the the fictional parts that they put in with it that part i'm like i feel like it kind of it it when they went to that part and um to the narrative part of it when they switched to that, it seemed like it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Well, that might have been why it didn't get nominated, too. Probably, but not enough that I didn't enjoy it and didn't... Like, I've listened to, like, four audiobooks based on that type of thing <laughs> since watching that documentary. Right. But then again, I thought The Great Hack got robbed the year before, so mm-hmm. not getting nominated. So, but that's just my little soapbox. But, yeah, I just... <laughs> And I thought uh, Yes People was one of my favorite short films between the three categories because it's super cute. It's funny. And yes, the only thing they say is yes during it, but it's Swedish, I think. And Mm -hmm. it was just really funny. It's like eight or nine minutes long. And it was, it wasn't so much what they were saying, but what was going on in each scene and how it progressed through it. That just, it made me laugh a lot. And I just think it probably, I don't know, probably should have won. But at the same time, if anything happens to me, I, you know, I love you. Extremely powerful. And, you know, pro- it kind of had me like stunned, I guess, by the time I got done watching it. So definitely deserves to win, though. Yes, people was just funnier and we could use some humor. <laughs> so, For sure. Instead of something depressing winning again. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, real quick, Patrick, you want to talk about one, and then I'll just briefly talk about um, my film real quick, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. All right. So <clears throat> I watched uh, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse on Prime, and that came out this past Friday. It's an hour and forty nine minutes. The director is Stefano Salima. And it stars Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell, Jody Turner-Smith. Uh, you got Luke Mitchell, Coleman Domingo, Guy Pierce, uh, Lauren London. It's a decent cast. Yeah. 
Uh, based on the novel of the same name, where John Kelly, uh, Navy, Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge the murder of his wife and unborn child, only to find himself inside a larger conspiracy. So, <clears throat> starts off, you got a team of Navy SEALs, and they're on a mission to rescue a CIA operative taken hostage by suspected ISIS members. But instead of ISIS, they find out that it's um, uh, Russian military. And so three months have passed after they've successfully rescued the CIA operative. And members of the SEALs team are being taken out one by one by Russian operatives. And during an attempt to take out Kelly, his wife is shot while she's sleeping in bed, killing her and the unborn child in the process. And even though Kelly manages to take most of the assailants out, one gets away and he gets shot up, pretty, shot up pretty bad and he ends up having to be in the hospital. So, you know, he re- rehabilitates himself. I've never uh, heard this premise before. This is really fresh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he gets information on a guy that can help him find the person that got away. And they, you know, of course, they show in the trailer where he uh, pours gasoline in the car, lights it on fire, then gets in the back seat, saying, "You know, you know, interrogates him." You know, so I'm like, you know, because you know, if he doesn't give you information, you both probably gonna blow up, and you know, that's it for both of you. <laughs> but um, so he gets the information, and from there. You know, because of him doing that, he gets arrested and he gets placed in a Russian prison so they can try to take him out. But he gets rescued by his team and they try to go after the, the guy that gets away. And it's basically him on his, you know, his revenge mission. Um, I mean, I thought it was cool. I think the trailer was this is a movie where the trailer was better than the movie. Um, Michael B. Jordan didn't really have a lot of personality. First character, it just seemed like um, I don't know. I just think I just couldn't connect with him. It's two dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I think everybody else in their roles did a pretty decent job, but for this being his starring action role or whatnot, was it, it a Tom just, Clancy book? It's mm-hmm. Tom Clancy book. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, and it's weird because the character in the book I read is, is John Clark, but then the movie they named him John Kelly, so. Not sure why they just made it made that change. Um, yeah, you know he's doing this mission, but then he starts figuring out that there's, you know, you know, of course, CIA some dirt going on. But um, it was an okay movie. It was all right. I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I will watch it again. Hmm. But for what it was, it, it you know if you got prime, and you got time, cool. Just you got a rhyme. <laughs> have, have the expectations low on this one because you know trailer kind of misleads you a little bit at least yeah i watched it as well because yeah. i too like michael b jordan um a lot I, I, i'll pretty much watch him in anything including this yeah. one <laughs> and yeah. yeah it's not it's not the worst i was just kind of it, there wasn't really a whole lot of action actually it's just kind of at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And the, because uh, I was thinking that as I was watching it, was like, when are we actually going to get to some actual action? Like, there's stuff going on, and it's like, 
stuff to move the story along but there's not like this big action sequence type of thing that you would expect from a film it seems like it was more it seems like they tried like they did the movie as if they were doing the tv series like the jack ryan krasinski mm-hmm. series where they just slowly kind of methodically move it along in some action in each episode but not you know too much but just yeah. enough to get you excited and keep you interested because it's trying to tell an actual story and so in this feature when they're trying to actually just do two you know two two and a half hours they're trying to get this story contained and everything they have the big action thing at the beginning so you can introduce the character and know that he's a badass and this is why you should like him yeah and then this is his family and this is what happens and then here goes the story here comes kind of a villain you think brett gelman's in it so i thought that was kind of cool brett gelman played a bad guy which is even better because he's usually known for more comedic things mm-hmm. like stranger things and just and, and just comedy in general and then you have him in this where he's more serious bad guy kind of role and that was kind of cool and then after that last scene you know after that scene with gelman towards the end then it actually got really good i'm like why couldn't we gotten this sort of thing throughout the entire film right so i don't know if it was a budget you know if there it was a budgetary thing so they had to keep the budget down yeah i don't know i i think i'm holding all of my expectations as far as action films to be like extraction I'm wanting yeah. everything to be balls to the wall, like stunt kind of thing, like extraction was, and I'm not getting that. so I'm, <laughs> but I'm like, no, every movie should be like this, where it's where this the director's kind of crazy. in there, he's in there getting this shot. Yes, where the director's <laughs> literally sitting on the car hood, <laughs> thirty miles an hour with the camera, and yeah. unhook him from a carabiner, and he runs off the car to go get the close-up shot, and then then goes back onto the car gets hooked back on and then they take off again i'm expecting that from my filmmakers now. <laughs> it's a reasonable expectation yes yeah. <laughs> i don't think i'm asking for a whole lot <laughs> but I, i'm with you i thought it was okay i think you know they hood you know another hoodwinking kind of trailer the trailer whoever yeah. whoever cut the trailer deserves an award because they did an amazing job and I'm like, oh, Michael B. Jordan, and it's a Jack or it's a Tom Clancy one. Let's do this. I'm ready for yeah. it. And then it's here, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And then I'm like, did we just do this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he just lost his wife and his child that hadn't been born, and I'm I'm not really seeing him grieve at all. No, like I'm like. I mean, I compartmentalize with the best of them, but even yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, know, yeah, because it's a child that hadn't even got to breathe the air, you know, right. it's like that would, you know, you know, you should have like stubble, like a beard, just like right. he's doing heavy drinking. Like we didn't get to yeah, go through that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe he did. And they just, he just did it off screen. So we didn't get to see it so they can progress but, but even well so- at least there should be like you like you just said a passage of time yeah. like peppermint if you remember that movie yes. like uh she yes. literally <clears throat> disappeared for years and it yeah. was never explained how she became a badass but you knew all right well that's where she went through her grief and her batman training and all of yes. that stuff but now exactly. we're back okay i got it now we're back yes. <laughs> yeah as, as, as you guys said jennifer garner jennifer garner got it taken <laughs> yes <laughs> yep she sure I did thought that was the best <laughs> i thought that was the best way to summarize that movie 
I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yep. <laughs> and it actually turned out really well. I'm like, this is actually, you know, a fun movie. Yeah. You guys cannot get me to watch The Call, though. Or was it the Howie Berry gets it taken? I will oh. not watch that. <laughs> yeah. I will not yeah. watch that one. I'm sorry. That one is a, nope. yeah. That's a no. I'm That's right. perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We're not going to twist your arm to make you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, for our final move or for our final one here, we're going to wrap up with our family movie night pick, at least at the Hall House. We watched on Netflix the Mitchells versus the Machines. I had to talk my wife into this being the pick. She's like, What's it about? I go, and then I showed her the trailer. I'm like, I'm just going to show you the trailer. Because both kids are like, oh, I've already seen the commercial for this. Or, you know, seen the trailer for it. I'm like, yeah, I showed it to you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll allow it. And so there we went. So I got the blessing. So, <laughs> so we watched this for family movie night. Uh, the, Vigil, the Mitchells versus the Machines is an animated film on Netflix. Came out this past Friday. It is a quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip that is up, upended when they find themselves in the middle of a, the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. This is produced by the same guys that did the Lego movie, and it's Sony Animation that did. It's the same people that did um, Far, not Far From Home. Good Lord, Into the Spider Verse. I'm getting my Spider-Man movies mixed up. Voice talent by Abby Jacobson as Katie Mitchell, Danny McBride as Rick Mitchell, Maya Rudolph as Linda Mitchell, Michael Rianda as Aaron Mitchell. He's also the writer and director of the film. Eric Andre as Mark Bowman, Olivia Coleman, uh, sorry, an Oscar nominated Olivia Coleman <laughs> as the voice of Pal, Fred Armisen as Deborah Bot 5000, Beck Bennett as Eric, Chrissy Teigen as Haley Posey, John Legend as Jim Posey, Charlene Yi, one of my favorite, for one of my favorite films of last year, the half of it, and Blake Griffin as Pal Max Prime, Conan O'Brien as Glaxon 5000, and Doug the Pug as Monchi. Why to read off all those names to let you know what kind of star power this film had as far as voice acting? This movie was, so you know how I always, I always say stay cautiously optimistic. With kids' movies, whenever we talk about kids' movies, I'm always kind of like kind of like bracing myself because it could go either way. <laughs> it's either going to, it'll either appease my six-year-old, six-and-a-half-year-old daughter, or it'll appease my 10-year-old son. Maybe my wife will be interested, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. Maybe I'll be interested, hit or miss. Uh, most of the time, I always kind of like it. This movie, everybody loved it. I laughed. Oh, cool. Out, I laughed out loud several times during this film. It is so inventive in the way, you know how in Into the Spider Verse they had like different captions or different things that kind of popped up um, yeah. as it's telling the story and just kind of showed a different way of doing animation of. This had like different memes. It showed it had like just different things where, where um, basically twins would understand and would get some of these actual jokes and these memes and these different things that was being portrayed on screen. 
it was great because basically the daughter is graduating high school, going to film school because she wants to be a filmmaker. She made these these uh, videos with her do- with her pug dog that has it's not cross-eyed. It's where the eyes both point opposite directions. And so they keep the mom keeps trying to get the dog to try and focus, focus, focus to get the eyes pointed, you know, pointed like normal. It was hilarious. Uh, there's so much great comedy, not just for kids, but for adults too. Again, I laughed out loud several times. I was highly surprised at how much I liked this movie. It was so much fun. There's a lot of good humor in it, you know, a lot of good action. It's, I mean, it's nonstop throughout the entire movie. It doesn't really let up too much. Um, there is an actual story, you know, about the father and the daughter who's going away to college and how they really kind of haven't really, they really haven't connected because he's not really been a technology kind of guy and she's all about the filmmaking. And so he's, throughout the film, you see his character arc progressed, having to, more or less being forced because of the robot apocalypse, having to learn technology and learn how to do things and really start appreciating the, um, the art that his daughter has produced as a filmmaker. And then um, the daughter and the son, the, the most unbelievable thing in the movie though, is the fact that the two siblings get along really well and don't get, get on each other's nerves throughout the entire film. And I call bullshit on that. <laughs> For sure. I can't go, I can't leave the room five minutes. And this isn't, and this movie is one hour and 53 minutes long. Oh, it's long for an animated film. Yeah, it is. But it's so good. And it, and the best part of it, though, it does not feel like an hour and 53 minutes. Mm. That's how good it is. It keeps you interested. It really, you know, has something, you know, really, it's just a lot of fun. It's not really trying to say anything other than we spend too, obviously spend too much time on our technology, technology. It's basically as if Amazon Prime and Apple were like one company. That would be this company that was trying to hmm. basically you're it's like, oh, you love your phone and you're kind of as your personal assistant and everything. Well, we're throwing that away. We've got now these robots that are even better they will do this for you do that for you you know you just ask him to do it and he'll do it through so uh eric andre's character who's the owner of the company throws his phone away well the you know the phone the phone feels like hey why are you throwing me away like garbage and then it takes over and then it starts controlling the robots that he has now you know just released so that's kind of the, the basic premise of the movie and then about this family basically you know and then the robots end up taking every person put them in these little cubes to make to send out in the outer space and that the robots will make a better world everybody but the mitchells they're not wrong no yeah (laughs) everybody but the mitchells we're going to survive a pandemic just to have the robot (laughs) apocalypse So I highly recommend this literally to everybody. This is so much fun. It sounds fun. It does. How is it that Sony animation is doing better than is doing better than like actual Sony prod, you know, like superhero products? Well, you know, it's the same thing over at DC. Their live action movies are horrific, but the um, their the DC animated films are actually doing a decent job of uh, really uh, making good films. I'm terrified to see what they're going to do with the long Halloween, though. 
because that is my hands down my favorite DC storyline, always Batman storyline. I have faith because they're going to break it up into uh, multiple parts to give it more room to tell the story. Kind of like they did with uh, Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, it's hands down my favorite one. So I'm like, it's great. Yeah, it's a great story arc. I I really don't want them to screw because when they released Death of the Family, I was kind of like, because <sighs> it went into a Red Hood story. They've already done a Red Hood story, which right. is one of the better DC animated properties. Yes. And you're going to, uh, I was disappointed. But they had, I, I have liked some of it. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> Jeff, yeah. you sent me the trailer for the Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh-huh. You know, I watched the trailer. Yeah. So I did watch the movie last night. Oh, did you? I did. I did okay. watch it. What'd you think? And that's why I was kind of ha- nodding my head when you were talking to him. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, because you hit all the points. So you know the scene that I, I pointed out to you that I, I, I really laughed at mm-hmm. with the perfect yeah, family. with uh, <laughs> John Legend and Chrissy Teigen's. Thing. Yeah. It, even when I watched yeah, it in the movie, I, I still laughed. I was like, Man, that is still funny. Yeah. And it's just just how they went about the like the situations, how they played out. I was just like, that's just the timing and I laughed a lot. <laughs> like I was trying to be quiet while I was right. watching it was late. It was late. I got and, text um, messages from my wife from upstairs saying, You're laughing really loud and Grayson's trying to sleep. Can you try and calm it down? And of course I didn't see it till <laughs> after the movie was over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it doesn't feel like an hour fifty three. I I I have no idea. I just, you know, I was late. I did get kind of sleepy. That's just because I was tired from working graduation mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. And, um, but, um, yeah, it, I was thoroughly pleased by what I watched, you know, because, you know, like you said, family movies are kind of hit or miss. And I was watching it by myself. So yeah. I wasn't sure. But the trailer, you know, you know, I got burned by without remorse. So I was like, eh, let, me, let, me, let me hold up my expectations. But, it was a fun movie. Wasn't From it though? I mean, yes. It just, and it was better than what you expected going into yes. it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my favorite part was Mom, Linda at the end. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Play yeah. on. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> see, this is now this is a movie I would like to see a sequel to. They could do that. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have to be robots. It could be something else this time. Yeah. And just to see how the family as they've aged progressed especially with the daughter you know maybe they haven't seen in a while because she's at college or even after she's graduated just yeah. to see how it, things have changed and then have some throw them into a different kind of peril but they got to keep the same team they can't right. don't 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 cheap out on the animation and keep yes. the same yeah, yeah yeah don't yeah. pull a marvel combat you know even if you <laughs> even if you switch voice actors that's cool yeah. just Keep the same people behind the scenes. Exactly. That, that know this project. Yeah. Definitely the writers. Yes. Because the writers had a lot of what they did in the, like a lot of it, go, a lot of the credit goes to the writers, but also the, obviously the animators and the geniuses that geniuses behind what they, you know, what got on screen as far as like visually what popped on there. Yeah. So it, yeah, it really added in a, a new level of fun to a movie. So, because Chris, I know your kids are a little bit old. Your kids are older than my son, 
Yeah, but they they still like those movies. Like we still kind of have like animated movie nights where we watch. Like we always watch the Pixar movies together, even at like sixteen and twelve. Right. Um. We we can still always enjoy those. It's it's when it's off brand, right? (laughs) Like something like this. That's kind of it's harder to get them there. But it sounds like everyone would enjoy this one. Yes, I even at twelve and sixteen, like Mm forty three. And my wife, yeah. 44, we both still love it. So, yeah. Yeah. See, we're all of us in our early 40s still enjoyed mm-hmm. it as much as somebody. And I think even even at 12 and 16, I think they may actually be able to relate more to it, to be honest, to the okay, cool. That's good to, to the know. main character, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to relate to the daughter that, yeah. you know, that's trying to oh, great. get her, you know, get her independence and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you're like okay, but I still love you. But I need to. <laughs> you also kind of don't understand my creativity, and that's okay. But kind of wish you would. But mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna be still gonna space. go do this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it now. Yes, you can get back to me. Also, mm-hmm. I meant to ask you: Did you ever get a chance to watch uh, Save Yourselves on uh, Hulu? No, I okay. have not yet. It's, but uh, you were saying quirky. that it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's quirky. It's really quirky. It's independent. So. Mm-hmm you know kind of adjust your when you sit down to if you sit down to watch it keep that in mind so it's going to have because the way you watch at least for me the way i watch kind of bigger budget films is different than how i watch more kind of scaled down budget independent Mm -hmm. films and i just happened to come i had seen the trailer and then i saw it was on hulu i'm like oh cool i'll watch this to talk about next you know talk about next week Mm-hmm. And then I watched it, I'm like, okay, this is actually really weird and quirky. It's not going to be for everybody. And I'm like, but I feel like I need to tell people about it that might actually enjoy it or at least be open enough to see where where it's got, um, where it's fun and where it's kind of different than what you're normally used to seeing. So you're one of the people I thought of. Cool. Like Chris, like, Chris yeah. this might be a mm-hmm. his alley. My son, thank God, is finally getting into the Miyazaki films. Oh, so cool! Finally, we're finally getting uh, down that road, so <laughs> it'll um, be worth it. Yeah, I can't wait. So he's he's got a few under his belt, but he's still got a mm-hmm. little ways to go. He mm-hmm. really loved uh, Wolf Walkers on uh, Amazon. Oh yeah, I have to see that too. He, I heard that's he really, really good. He loved that one. He said that he said, "Daddy, that's one of my favorite family movie nights." Oh, cool. My, my wife's weird because she doesn't like movies in which animals get hurt or could possibly get hurt. Mm-hmm. But yet she loves Disney, so I haven't figured yeah. that one out whatsoever. <laughs> She's not that way. So she didn't like it as much and kind of went upstairs a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Both my kids liked it, but mm-hmm. my son loved it more because of the animation, and he likes to draw. So he, I think he's hoping to kind of learn how to do that sort of thing. So, Got it. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with real quick with trailers. Um, the first one is Pink Skies Ahead, which I believe is a room romantic comedy i believe if i remember uh remember properly yeah well, nope a young woman struggles with an anxiety disorder after dropping out of school uh rosa salazar who was an anita battle angel and uh marcia gay harden michael mckeon odea rush and henry Wink- henry winkler Uh, written and directed by kelly oxford and don't see a release date yet so we got that one and then we've got 
Luca, the new Pixar film, which I think looks cute from the trailer they've put out. It looks interesting about a boy that befriends a fish that turns into a boy. Sure, it's Pixar. So everybody's going to go see it. There's always uh, more. Pixar is deliberate about not giving you all the info in the trailer exactly. now, too. Yeah, exactly. So it, it might sure be about, a... you know, clowns and shoes you don't even know yet. Right. <laughs> uh, on the Italian Riviera, and unlikely but strange friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. So there's that. We're going to go for the feels. Yep, mm-hmm. always. Uh, I always do. Yep. yep. Uh, looks like uh, Jacob Trimbley plays Luca. Jack Dylan Grazier, Maya Rudolph again. Uh, Gene Como, Giannotti, Giannotti. Gene Carlo Giannotti. Yep. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. I feel like I've heard that name somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's really about it. Uh, directed by Enrico Casarosa. Written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones. And no release date, just at least that I've seen just June um, wait June 18th on Disney Plus if you want to play the premium or also in theaters and then finally oh, another premium one huh? I know right I still yeah. haven't watched Raya because I can wait <laughs> hmm. so. but yeah uh, and then lastly the Tomorrow War a man is drafted to fight in the in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront his past. Release date July twenty or July second, twenty twenty one. Directed by Chris McKay, written by Zach Dean, starring Chris Pratt, shocker, as Dan, <laughs> Ivan Strahovski as Romeo Command, J.K. Simmons as Slade. San Richardson as Charlie, Betty Gilpin as Emmy, and one of my favorite people, Marilyn Rice Cub as Nora. So, yeah. Uh, oh, I'll see it. Yeah, I'll watch it. Mary Lynn's in it. I'll watch it. And Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. So, um, sure, why not? You know, it's like big dumb action movie. Let's go watch it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what we got coming out. So once again, if you would love to check out Chris's podcast, they are What Are You Watching with Chris Mancini, Conversations from the Abyss. If you like Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, you're going to love Conversations from the Abyss. One of my favorite ones was the one that uh, Hal Loveland was in, where it's just, he was waiting. Just waiting oh, out. yeah, the waiting room. Yep. Just, Him the and waiting Mike. room was one of my favorite. I was like, wow. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> like, I love this one, but I kind of like... I, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. And then um, <laughs> the baby one also uh, with uh, Jana Varney, who I, I was fortunate fortunate enough to meet at uh, PodX here in Nashville. Um, oh, yeah. Got two, mm-hmm. Almost two years ago now. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's awesome. So great. Um, and many other great episodes. They're only like 15 minutes long. They're yep. what we refer to as, I guess, snack sides. And yeah. I tried to get a chill down the spine in 15 minutes or less. Yes. And (laughs) it's amazing. Great storytelling. You know, not saying that because you're here, but also because it's great storytelling and very well done. So kudos to you, my friend. Um, And the Quiet Adventures of Quiet Journeys. (laughs) Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood. I don't know why I put adventures. (laughs) They're still adventures. Yeah. Uh, 
quite journeys of Professor Atwood. Also another fun podcast to listen to. So please check that out. Check out White Cat Entertainment for all the other amazingness that you can find Chris on. Check out if you can find, you know, is uh, Earbud still streaming on Amazon Prime? It is, but, um, it, it, you know, Amazon does a weird thing where, like, you know how you search on a movie and you'll get multiple returns on the same yes. film and then, like, one will be, to, you know, like, not available, but then you click over to the next one, like, there it is. Yes. That that happened to earbuds, too, where, like, okay. two things will come up. One, it's not available anymore, but the other one is. So you just, you got to find the one that's active and play that one. Gotcha. That <laughs> makes like no sense, but that's yes. what Amazon does. Oh, silly Amazon. Um, and then also his books, uh, Pacify Me, Handbook for the Freaked Out New Dad. Close. And then, yep, uh, that's right. Uh, yep. Okay. Look at me. Yeah. And then Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movies. Again, one that Patrick and I both love and highly recommend to everyone. What else am I missing? Oh, just the uh, the graphic novel, uh, the graphic Long Go Far Away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Long and, Go Far uh, Away, and then Rise and... of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, Volume 1. Yes, I'm hoping that'll be in the store in the next couple of months, but uh, uh, Long Gone Far Away is available now. Boom, there you go. So, Patrick, final thoughts? Anything you're looking forward to this week? <clears throat> well, this this past week, me and my uncle watched uh, Yasuke on Netflix. Okay. The anime uh, about the Black Samurai. And uh, we watched three episodes last night, and he's like, yeah, we got to finish this. So we finished it still before we start. We recorded here. Okay. And then um, I think I got him hooked on Invincible. So okay. he's in town Thursday. So he wants to kind of try to finish that before he leaves. So I think we're yeah. going to be watching that. So I, I showed him the first episode. He's like, yeah. oh, man, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> so, yeah. He's like, I'm in. What's that yeah. one? Yasuke, you said? Yeah. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's oh, got, yeah. It sounds came good. Out, it just came out this past Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, six episodes, thirty minutes each. So, quick, easy binge. There was and, a um, there was a Samuel Jackson anime about how he, he played a black samurai. I can't remember the name. I think of it, it was now. Afro. Af- That's Afro it. Afro samurai. samurai. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is it kind of like that, or is it uh, different? I haven't I haven't watched that, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But I know there was going to be a um, a live action Yasuke movie, which had Chadwick Boseman tied to it, but of course mm-hmm. he passed away. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't do that. But then uh, Keith Stanfield is doing the English voice for mm-hmm. this. You know, so you can listen to it either in Japanese or English. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first this first anime that I listen to in English. Usually I, I'll do the subtitles. Right. Know? But um, yeah, it's it's good animation, music. Uh, it's got a decent story. It's just I just you know, I recommend that. Then it's probably not like Afro Samurai. <laughs> Afro Samurai was pretty much stylized violence, kind of the way Mortal Kombat was, but very little story. Okay, this has a little more story to it. Okay, then yeah, yeah, because you get a you know he's so the main character is basically a in his village hiding out as a boatsman, but in his past he was a samurai, and the person that trained him through this during this war, you know he does the takes him out takes himself out with the sword, and then he has to behead him. And that mm-hmm. kind of bothers him. But there's this young girl that has this power that people are trying to seek out so they can try to exploit her. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's basically her protector. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty good. I've got some stuff to watch. I yeah. know, right? Oh, it's yeah. what you're what you are watching. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. The answer to that. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you again for joining us, coming back and being a repeat guest. We definitely appreciate it. That was my it, pleasure. Always a good time. Yes. Thank you so much. And Patrick, my friend, I hope you have a good week. You too. You were at graduation, right? Yeah. This, this past one tired me out. I'm still really? feeling it. I'm you, still you feeling should, it. You should have worked the day I worked. <laughs> no, I had to go ahead and <laughs> knock it out. Yep. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this should be a good, good week. Yep. Yeah, I agree. We're claiming it now. Just, there you go. We claim it now. It's got to yeah. happen. Yep. And if not, just gonna roll through, roll with it. Like, yeah, all right, do. we'll find out next week. Yes. <laughs> all right, everybody, we thank you for listening. Thank you again, Chris Mancini. Be sure to check out all three of his podcasts. Check out YCAD Entertainment to find out where you can get all the other material. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.